everyone. Thanks for joining in. It's European Stories of Uniform Volunteers. The today's guest is Marlene Walter. She's from Germany and currently doing her ESC project in France in the Normandie. And thank you, Marlene, for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Let's directly dive into our first question. So you decided to go to an ESC project, although COVID-19 uh, already happened. So how did you come across the ESC? Uh, actually, I was searching for a voluntary service program and I wanted to live abroad once more. So I had lived in Spain when I was 16 and I really enjoyed the experience. So I wanted to discover once again another culture, learn another language. Um, also, I, I just wanted to do something useful at the same time, like have a function and um, not be a tourist. And um, then there was also the reason that I wanted to get to know myself a little bit better, like become a little bit more independent, more confident. And also like I wanted to learn outside the academic system. So get more of, of non-formal education. Mm -hmm. That sounds great. And you started your EC project already when you finished high school. So that's quite brave. And also during a pandemic where you don't know what will happen tomorrow. And how did you choose exactly your project uh, that you're doing in the Normandy? Uh, I, I actually didn't really choose the project actively um, because I had sent a lot of applications all over Europe. So I Uh, applied mainly in France for education projects. Like uh, um, I wanted to to do a voluntary service in associations that promote Europe or democracy and intercultural exchange. And actually, all of my applications were refused. Uh, I got rejected by a lot of organizations. Uh, but one uh, sent then my CV to an organization that was still searching for a volunteer. Um, so they contacted me and as it was also a project in the education domain um, that was promoting a, a cultural, cultural exchange, I accepted. And yeah, finally, I was super happy that I was going to spend a year in France. And um, why exactly France? Do you have any relation, special relation uh, to it? Or was it just a favorite country of yours? <laughs> uh, I wanted to do a voluntary service in a country where I could already speak the language at least a little bit. Because I think for integration, language uh, plays a huge role. And as I had taken two years of French course at uh, high school, I I was saying to myself, well, that would be nice to to learn a bit more of French. And also, um, I was, yeah, I, I, I like the country itself because I had gone there on vacation with my parents. But actually, like if it would have happened to to be another country, I would have been happy as well. So it wasn't just France that I wanted to go to. So when did you uh, start or when did you took the train to France? Uh, that was in September of 2020. So now it's, uh, yeah, it's already seven months that I'm staying in France. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I came by car with my mom. Um, yeah, and I remember quite well that I had a lot of fears in the beginning. I was, uh, yeah, I was 
kind of afraid that I would be struggling a lot with the language that uh, maybe the kids wouldn't like me or something like that. So yeah, there was a lot of fear in the beginning, but also a lot of excitement. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally reasonable, I think. And uh, was it like possible or did you have to deal with any Corona uh, restrictions when traveling to France? Um, back then we didn't have to do any Corona tests before getting into the country. Um, but you had to wear the masks on the streets. Um, there were also, well, I think the, the bars were still open, the restaurants as well, and all the shops, but, um, like, as well as in other parts of Europe, um, the theaters, all the cultural stuff was already closed. So there were some restrictions, but not as much as there are at the moment. Yeah, I see. All right, and then you arrived in Normandy. And what was your first thought when you arrived there? Uh, I think the day I arrived, I was quite overwhelmed because I was struggling a lot with the language. And at the same time, I was so grateful. The, the people from my organization, they seemed to be very friendly. And I remember also the first day I was... Um, I was driving in my volunteer car, so I have a car to get to my work. And actually, I had gotten my driving license the week before, and there was my tutor <laughs> navigating in French. She spoke very fast. And then I have that, had that new car and uh, recently got my, my driving license. And then I had also to cope with all the roundabouts. In France, there's a, there are a lot of roundabouts and yeah, That was uh, a lot of new things uh, at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. Well, that's a lot for the beginning. And uh, where exactly do you live and in which kind of accommodation, like in a flat or in a house? Uh, I'm living alone in a one-room apartment in a student hall of residence. And I have uh, like a own little kitchen and a, and a small bathroom as well. Like, it's nice on one hand, because you don't have to argue with somebody who will clean the kitchen. You have a lot of less conflicts, probably, um, and a lot of freedom also to decorate, to do whatever you want. Um, but yeah, on the other hand, it's sometimes, like it's a little bit boring maybe. Um, it's not for everybody to spend as that much time alone. Um, Yeah, especially now with COVID-19, as we're all staying a lot at home, um, it's sometimes not as that easy, but I like it. <laughs> yeah, I, I can imagine that. Um, and how do you stay in touch with other volunteers? Because normally, or the previous guests, they always uh, were in their group of uh, people who they shared the flat with. And I guess there are also other volunteers in your project, maybe, or in your organization. So how do you stay in contact with them? Um, I, I don't have any other volunteers in my project or um, like that are working with me, um, but there is a WhatsApp group with all the volunteers in Normandy. So we actually did a meeting in October, back then it was still possible. And um, that it's there where I got to know uh, some of them and now I'm um, I'm still in contact with them and we're doing actually a lot of stuff together. 
because getting to know French people isn't as that easy as everything is closed. Um, yeah, but that's that's quite nice to have some volunteers around you that are experiencing more or less the same thing as you. Yeah, yeah, sure. So what is your work actually about? Or what do you do in your daily life? I am <laughs> uh, working in six different elementary schools, kindergartens and youth centers. And um, the children are between two and 14 years old. Um, my task is to, to make the kids um, aware of other cultures and languages. So in my case, I'm introducing them to German culture and languages, uh, language. But um, yeah, in other years, there were other volunteers from other um, countries that would maybe introduce them to Spanish culture or to um, Polish culture. Um, and I do my work by singing a lot with the kids in German. So I bring my guitar. <laughs> We will sing some songs together. Um, we dance also to learn vocabulary. We do games, quizzes, or little interactive presentations. And um, at the high school, um, I'm also an assistant in German classes. And at the youth center, I do uh, the work of an animator, so mainly games and um, DIYs things like that. That sounds uh, like very various. Uh, I think it's yeah. cool. <laughs> <laughs> it is. And uh, like it's also all your workshops, uh, they are also regularly or just once, once a month or I don't know? Um, at the schools, I, I'm, I'm there every week. So I actually have a schedule uh, from Monday to Friday. So every day I change the school. And at each school I have scheduled. So then they say like, okay, from eight to uh, 8.30, you will be in class X, X, that. And then you will go to the other class. Then you will be with the kindergarten kids. So um, yeah, I, I, the most classes, I see them every week. Ah, nice. And what do you like the most about working as a volunteer? Uh, there are a lot of things, actually. <laughs> I really like the, the reactions and the questions of the kids. They're sometimes funny, sometimes quite creative, sometimes they're also quite interesting. Um, and I really like also that I'm feeling so welcomed and I like seeing that the kids are mostly quite interested and also the gratitude of the teachers and students and um, the creative process of, of preparing the activities. So I have actually a huge freedom to do whatever I want with the kids, provided that it's useful and that it has an objective, uh, educative objective. But in general, I have a lot of freedom and it's quite nice. Mm -hmm. And do you remember or do you have any like favorite activity you do with the kids? Uh, I, I really like um, singing with the kindergarten kids. Um, so mainly I am showing them like illustrations or I have also um, uh, marionette. I don't know how to say it like, yeah, like uh, um, puppets. <laughs> 
Um, and they then it's not me that's singing, but um, my hand or we're also doing like little dances and it's it's a really nice atmosphere. I I like really um, seeing them having fun with me. And also like uh, because it personally interests me uh, since the German French relationship is kind of special because um, in the history it was really bad to world wars, but after that it got uh, more and more friendly and now it's a very strong relationship between France and Germany also in terms of youth participation like there is a I don't know how you call it in English but a youth organization international youth organization uh, like this yeah the ofash yeah exactly i don't know how you, uh, how you call it in english actually <laughs> and um like uh, what do people say to you or what are their re reactions uh, when you say to them i'm from germany because we had already a girl um She's Slovakian and she's also currently uh, in France doing her ESC and she's also working in schools and she said um, that often the kids they even don't know where Slo Slovakia is and I guess like with Germany it's not the case but what do people um, say to you when you say to them you are from Germany? Uh, they're really open I think. Uh, I think now the generation they are like they just know Germany and France in peace and with that like friendly and cooperative uh, relationship and also like German um, is for some French people still considered as a as a language of intellectuals so it's quite appreciated when you learn um, learn German and therefore they yeah they're quite respectful they're just uh, open and there's um there's almost never that notion of oh we once uh, were uh, in in war or like yeah enemies not at all oh, interesting and has there been also some challenges for you that you had to overcome yeah, like in my work in the beginning, it was quite difficult for me, um, like to respond to the different needs and capacities of the different ages. So as I said, I'm working with kids that are two years old, but also with kids that are already 10 years or 14 years old. And um, I had to be strong to really be confident in front of a class and speak French and also um, I was struggling with the pedagogical aspect of my work. So I always try to be respected without the need of shouting or without being harsh or angry at, at some point. So yeah, I just try to, to do my best, but um, I was really, yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't as that confident in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And has there been something uh, specific that you learn from it? I mean, you have still a couple of months ago, but did you like already had an aha moment? I would say that there are like some some lessons I learned in terms of like fake it till you make it or <laughs> just unlearn your perfectionism. That was really a thing because I'm a yeah, I'm I'm I'd always try to make everything perfect, but sometimes it just doesn't work out. And maybe the 
the computer is broken in the class and the presentation won't work. So what do you do? You just have to be flexible. You have to adapt to the situation. And that's also something that I learned. Um, and like in regarding the, the pedag pedagogical uh, aspect, um, I think there is a lot of a lot of um, experience needed also. So it takes time and you will have to get to know um, each other in order to see how you can react to certain situations. And now let's imagine you're at dinner with some friends of yours and you know everyone is telling a funny story or crazy story and you would like also to tell them a funny story from your ESC project or what you have experienced so far. So which story would you tell to them? Uh, I would probably tell them the story of a weekend trip we, uh, we made, we, we did a couple of weeks ago. So we wanted to visit more places in Normandy and I came across a website that listed the most beautiful villages in Normandy. So I chose two of them that were nearby and we drove there. We were three volunteers, so two friends of mine and me. And in the first village, there was a castle that was recommended. And when we arrived, we saw that there wasn't really a parking facility. So we decided to park the car in the middle of nowhere <laughs> at, the, at the side of a field. So that was the first thing that was a little bit like, um, yeah, bizarre. <laughs> and then we walked to the castle and we realized that it was a private property. So <laughs> we couldn't get as close as we would have wanted to get and um, yeah it was also quite small and not as beautiful as they had described the castle on the internet and then we went to the other recommended village and there was the same thing it was like okay they described it as very beautiful and now we're here and we're seeing like normal buildings they're not nice at all the streets are like are like the same streets as everywhere and uh yeah that was <laughs> that's there was a kind of a deception but at the same time it was also funny and we returned home and were joking and wondering why they had written on the internet that it was like two villages like the most beautiful villages in Normandy. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe it was a trick by, uh, I don't know, the mayors or the municipalities to attract tourists or something. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> Interesting. All right. So this episode comes slowly to an end. So let's do, out, uh, let's do some checkout questions. How would you describe uh, your volunteering project in one word? Can I choose two? <laughs> Well, yes. That's <laughs> your time. Thank you. Uh, I would say instructive and surprising. Uh, be instructive because uh, I've gained not really a lot of theoretical knowledge, but uh, a lot of practical experience so far. And surprising because uh, in times of COVID-19, you never really know what comes next and you can't really make huge plans because the restrictions can change from one day to another. And yeah, so you experience a lot of surprises and just try to make the most out of it. 
And what is uh, one thing that you expect from the following month as a volunteer? Uh, I just expect to to spend more time with my friends, with the kids. Uh, I also hope to see a little bit more France and of Normandy uh, when you will be allowed to travel outside of the 10 kilometer radius. And yeah, I just will try to, to enjoy and to be grateful for everything that is possible at the moment. And now comes a very broad question. What does solidarity mean to you? Um, well, yeah, it's a huge, huge word. <laughs> like it would be probably considering the impact of your actions and your choices on other people. So like whether it is to live a sustainable life or just wearing a mask. I think that's already kind of, uh, yeah, an example of solidarity. And then it's also to make an effort to contribute to society in some way. So like participation in an association or taking care of your grandparents or just demonstrate against or for something. Um, I think there are a lot of examples of solidarity you can that you can implement into your daily life. So nice. Thanks for sharing this. <laughs> and now comes the last question. What song represents volunteering for you? I chose uh, Visions by Jose Gonzalez. So I think it's not as that known. Um, that song reminds me of the feeling I have when I go on my little road trips on the weekend in Normandy. Um, and also I like the lyrics because he says like, look at the magic of reality while accepting with all honesty that we can know what's next, but we're in this together. And I think that thing of we're in this together that represents also a lot of volunteering because um, in the end, yeah, it's it's a thing of solidarity. It's like cooperating and sharing and um, yeah, at the moment, volunteering is also characterized by a lot of uncertainty. So it's, yeah, it's, it's what he describes in the song at the moment for me personally. So uh, thanks, Marlene, with these nice words said by you. We are uh, slowly, or now we are closing this episode for today. Uh, thanks, dear listener, for listening to this episode with me, Marlene. Don't forget to check out our playlist. I will put your song in this. And also uh, leave us a rating if you like on Spotify. No, on Spotify you can't rate us, but on Apple Podcasts <laughs> and everywhere else you would like to or uh, comment on YouTube. And yes, so have a nice day. Thanks, Marine, again. Thank you. And we will hear us next week <laughs> with Josie. Bye bye. bye.